Psychology in Seattle. So, Berto, you know that a lot of people are talking about Game of Thrones, the TV show. I've heard of it. And they're talking about how they're totally confused as to why Daenerys Targaryen would have burned King's Landing. Confused and upset. And upset. They're like, betrayed. It doesn't make any sense. Um, And so, uh, well, let me ask you did you like Daenerys's. Now, spoiler alert for the entire Game of Thrones. Umberto, did you like Danny's storyline from season one to the end of season eight? I now do. You now do? Yeah. What do you mean now? Well, I actually was a little... uh, There were parts of her storyline a few couple seasons ago or whatever where I was starting to feel that I I didn't like her. She She was too impetuous, too entitled. I felt that she was a little too vicious. And I was thinking, man, am I supposed to, in the end, think that she is a good ruler and that she is that she should be in charge because I'm not feeling it. And so now in retrospect, I'm like, okay, it makes sense. I like it. Me, I never connected with, I, I've read the books and mm-hmm. when I read the books, I didn't, I was always like, get back to Tyrion, get back to Sansa. <laughs> and in the TV show as well. I, I mean, I was mildly interested in some, some of the kick-ass scenes, you know, like when she gets the Unsullied and, Right. Uh, Dracaris and, you know, Drogon burns the slave master. You know, there were some pretty cool scenes. But in the books and in the TV show, particularly in the books, there's long stretches of time where Daenerys is like wandering the wasteland and dealing with Dothraki slaves. And, yeah. and it, it's just like, I think most people agree the best part of Game of Thrones story, Song of Ice and, Sto- uh, Song of Ice and Fire story, is the intrigue in Westeros, mm-hmm. particularly in King's Landing, Winterfell, these places, right? Right. And so for me, I was always kind of like, ah, I, I could take it or leave it, until she got to Westeros. <laughs> when she got to Westeros, I loved that whole story. Okay. I really liked it. Um, now, uh, was it consistent or inconsistent with her character to burn King's Landing, yes or no? Mostly Yes. But well, well, we'll get into we'll get into we'll get into details later because uh, I like big butts. To me, I was surprised. I at when she burned King's Landing, I was like, "Wait, why?" You know, like they gave up. Mm-hmm. You won, Danny. I know you're not. You're not like the Mad King. You're not. You're not crazy. You're not mm-hmm. evil. Like, why are you doing this? But. The more and more I thought about it afterwards, the more I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's surprising for sure. But at the same time, it's consistent with her character. And I want to lay that out in this episode. Um, There's a Reddit poll. They asked, what percentage of you, you know, they asked people. And what they asked people, do you think it was inconsistent or consistent? Okay. What percentage do you think said yes? What percentage do you think said no? On Reddit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, 60, 40, 60 was inconsistent. 86, no, 14% yes. Worse than I thought. So almost everyone thought it was not consistent with her character. Okay. Um, another poll before episode five, they asked, do you want her to burn the city? What percentage said yes, do you think? 
Really? Yeah. So they wanted her to burn the city? Yeah. Jeez. And then they're surprised that she did? Right. So What? I mean, who knows? These are unscientific polls. But according to one poll, about half the viewers wanted her. Not only, ex, you know, they so forget, sure. expect. They wanted, they wanted her. They wanted her to burn the city. Wow, that's even worse. Um, last question before we get into the show. Um, what do you Thanks. think about John killing her? Do you think that was uh, good, bad writing, uh, good action by John? So, A, that's the least he could have done. Uh, B, I thought that actually was one of the good scenes. And, uh, yeah, I... I was a little disappointed not to see us see him not get burned because supposedly Targaryens can't get burned, but we never got to see whether that was true for him or not. Oh, I see. Um, It seems like Drogon avoided him because he knows who he is. Right. But that was a, but it was, it was a little convenient that Drogon was like, fine, I'll burn the throne. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) But I like the scene, you know? But yeah. I definitely, as if the question is about him killing her, I was like, yeah, I mean, who else was going to get that close to do it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I would I would have liked that scene as well. I liked it the way it played out, but I would have also liked if Drogon burned John and killed him. Or, or we John, found out that he's right. not killable. And then and then the Drogon's like, oh, well, never mind, and yeah. you know, flies away. Um, that actually would have been epic, right? Because yeah. we also would have gotten to see uh, John's butt one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, to me, when John killed Danny, I was shocked. Like, I did not see it coming. I, I As they started kissing, I'm like, stab! That's what, that's what my wife, was, she was <laughs> like, yeah, as soon as, as soon as John started to kiss her passionately, you know, because it was like, well, that's kind of a turn for John. And then, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I, not that I, if I would have stopped it and thought what's going to happen, I would have, oh, I bet you he's going to kill her right now. But I don't know. I was just in the moment. I wasn't really thinking about where it was going. Um, so, but I really like that scene because in that scene, we see that Daenerys is not mad. She has a very common to history yeah. point of view of conquering everyone to free everybody. Most figures in history thought of them who did those sorts of things thought of themselves as good as a person like uh, yeah. like Daenerys who it's like well you gotta you gotta burn some people to save the rest you know what I mean yeah um, I do have one question what are we listening to right now this is the Psychology and Seattle podcast I'm your host Dr Kirk Honda I'm a therapist a professor. And my favorite character in Game of Thrones would be Arya or Brienne. Oh, I like it. Or Jamie. Or Jamie. I, I or all choose. of the above. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, my name is Humberto Castaneda, and I grow uh, organic matcha covered cherries. And who are, who's your favorite character? My favorite character for a long time. Has been oh, and Tyrion. I gotta choose Tyrion. Yeah, so my favorite character for a long time had been uh, Arya until season seven, uh, and then overall Tyrion, probably. Yeah, all right, but Tyrion lost some luster, unfortunately, script wise. It's not his fault, actor wise, he's amazing. Yeah, he stole the scene, so many scenes. 
Um, I also used, used to love Littlefinger. Yeah. I used to really like Littlefinger. All right. Sad to see him go so simply. So this entire episode, I'm going to be trying to answer the question, is it consistent or inconsistent with her character? So if we were treating yeah. her like a real human being, <clears throat> was it a completely inconsistent thing or was it predictable based on her right. personality and you know presentation? Oh, and we should probably preface, I don't, can't believe this needs saying, but um, neither of us is condoning mass burning of cities and people. Why would we have to say that? <laughs> because you'll know that people are like, oh, so you're okay. In fact, I was told literally, okay, so you're okay that she's a massive murderer, blah, 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 and on Facebook. I was like, how is that? Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. Also, uh, I I will say, I actually still felt, in spite of me feeling like the it, it wasn't that shocking, I felt they they went too far with it. Like, because, you know, in the moment of passion, I could see her like, no, fuck these people. Like, wah! But she did it for like yeah. 15 minutes or so. It was right. like, come on, man. Right. Calm down. So a caveat to, because this episode is going to be essentially me laying out a justification for why she did it psychologically. Um, but I will say that um, if you didn't like it and it didn't click with you and it felt very inconsistent to you, then that's how you took it. And there's nothing wrong with that perspective. This whole episode is going to present a case for why some people felt it was consistent. So there's not a right or wrong answer to this. You know, was Danny's behavior consistent? There's no right or wrong. You know, no one has the truth on that. People do weird things. You right. know, people do erratic things. Um, was it bad storytelling? You know, that's a matter of taste. That's a matter of uh, eye of the beholder. If yeah. you thought it was bad storytelling, then I value that and respect that. You should also respect that when other people might think it was good storytelling. Yeah. And there's there's no empirical truth to that. Uh, but by the way, I will also add that there are two things that bugged me additionally, one of which is her main target was Cersei. If she was going to kill anyone, it had to be Cersei. And she gave up the opportunity and surprise of just going straight at the Red Keep and making sure she got Cersei before she fled by doing all the little back and forth bullshit. No one was standing in her way. There was nothing in between her and the Red Keep. So that did bother me. And also the flip side of that is that why the fuck was Cersei after she see after they're like, no, there's no defenses left. No, nothing. And she sees that she's burning. Why the hell didn't they flee right away? Like, I don't know. But other than that, well, that's a separate issue. Well, to me, that's a, a modern way of looking at these characters. A, and I saw that too. I was like, what? You know, that, that's always something that I, I think often with a lot of these stories. Yeah. Like when you have a, a king who, you know, things are closing in around them. I'm like, dude, go to Mexico. You know, like, go across the border, like, start a new life. Sure. That's not the way these people operated back then. One, because it was sort of harder in some ways. But two, because the way people identified with their lives was their position in their society. And to become a peasant in the, you know, rural areas was akin to dying. There there are stories about people, rather, they would rather die than be excommunicated. Sure. To be, you know, shunned from the society. It's like... 
you know, you imagine if someone was a murderer in your town today in Seattle and we're like, sentence, you cannot live in Seattle anymore. The person, the murderer would be like, fuck yeah, I'll just go to Portland. <laughs> you know, I'll go anywhere. I'll just go to it the next town down the road. That That's a fantastic sentence. I don't care about Seattle. Right. People back in the old days, that was akin to dying, to, sure. especially if you had a position in society. So for, they, they, for, yeah. for Cersei to just be like, well, fuck it. I guess I'll go across the narrow sea, you know. Well, no, I, I hear that, although that was the plan with Jamie, But I, I And she I, resisted, by the way. That's fair. But I'm not so much saying like about that kind of fleeing. I meant they they eventually did try to flee literally from where they were standing because they're like, oh shit, this whole thing's gonna come down on us. I just felt like, why stand there at the window for so long? Well, anyways, but that, that's a side issue. My main thing is, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't that shocked that Danny would take a turn for the worse in the moment. Especially with all the context of everything that had happened, because she was no, she in her mind she had been betrayed by everyone in Westeros. There was n- no one there worth her time right now, except and, for Grey Worm, pretty much. Well, he was not from Westeros, you know. Right, she, right, right, right. And the, her only people were the Dothraki and the Unsullied, and and in her mind, because I saw people saying, well, yeah, she had burnt the masters and the blah, but they were all guilty. It's like, yes, and in her mind, the whole town was guilty. Right. So we'll get into that, laying it all out. All right, so let's let's go through her history in brief. Um, and I might get a couple of things wrong, and I apologize for that, but um, I, I'm pretty confident in a lot of things I'm about to say. So she's the daughter of King Ares II, um, King, the Mad King, and his sister wife, Re- Rayla, so the Mad King, the Mad King's wife was his sister. So right there, possible genetic issue. Maybe, although apparently it was a common Targaryen. It was yeah. not that uncommon for Targaryens. Well, and it also wasn't uncommon for Targaryens to have mental issues. You know? Yeah, that's fair. Like in Spain and like in England. <laughs> so they had several children, uh, uh, the Mad King and his wife, Rhaegar, who we all know from the backstory of... Uh, you know, he married Elia Martell, the Viper's sister. You killed my sister. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Then they had five stillborn children. Then they had Varys, and then they had Daenerys. So they only they had eight kids, but only five lived. Varys so, was the brother. Viser- of- sorry, Viserys. Viserys, okay. Viserys. Yeah. Um, so she is conceived during Robert's Rebellion. So Robert and Eddard are marching on... King's Landing and doing various different maneuvers and battles and killing people, Rhaegar included. I think Robert even kills Rhaegar himself, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Very stressful time for the pregnant queen. And then Jaime kills her father, kills Daenerys' father uh, for a good reason. But, you know, Jaime kills her, kills him. So now the family uh, is very stressed out. So you have the queen with Viserys. She's pregnant. They have their retinue around them. And most of the people in Westeros and King's Landing turn on the queen because they're like, you're going to lose this or you did just lose it. So they they turn on them. Um, And it's important to point out here, because this is kind of a thread, that the Targaryens had ruled Westeros 
for hundreds of years. Yeah, it wasn't like this where they had quickly switched who was in charge. They yeah. were they were the power. Yeah. I mean, generations. Right. All they knew was the Targaryens were the power. Yeah. It'd be like uh, the United States, essentially, Canada just says, nah, we own the United States now. Yeah. Like, imagine if Canada, on this total fluke, invades the United States right. and, and takes us over. Uh, do you think the Americans, like, you know, 10, 20 years later are going to be like, yeah, it's cool. C- you know, Canada took us over. It, it's, yeah, it's cool. The king is dead. Long live the king. <laughs> right. So that's what it's like for the Targaryens. Right. When they were uh, overthrown by the usurper king, they were like, no, this cannot stand. You can this. I'm not just going to drift away. The, we've got right. to get our power back. That's our throne. Targaryens have been ruling Westeros for a long time. We have. It's our right. And by the way, the um, when when they did that, there were not there were no dragons left at that point, right? Or the only dragons were like weak and small or something. I think by that point there were no dragons. There were no dragons, right? Yeah. Um. So uh. So just all that taken into consideration now. Another factor here that Danny would have learned later on in her life was that when the Lannisters were let in, they they were, you know, the hand of the king, the hand of the Mad King was Tywin. And uh, Tywin was like, let me and my armies get into King's Landing because we're going to help you out mm-hmm. with the siege with Baratheon and Eddard. And, and the Mad King orders, yes, let my hand and my loyal Lannisters, let them into the city. And do you know what the Lannister army did? They betrayed him. They betrayed him, and Jaime kills him. And then Tywin and his men rape and kill and burn King's Landing. Not as bad as Daenerys does, but all of the Lannister men, just like in history, by the way, this happens repeatedly in history, that the Lannister men get through the gates, and instantly start slaughtering people, innocent people, people right. that have nothing to do with the Mad King. And so I just want to put a fine point on that. Yikes. So Daenerys killing innocent children and women... is par for the course. It's, it's normal. Yeah. This, is the, this is our history... Yeah. As as humans, it, it, in fact, the only reason it's not to that scale is because no one had dragons, right? But as, and by the way, I pointed this out on uh, my Facebook epic thread of Discord. Um, we are all sitting here debating whether this character from a fictional universe who had already demonstrated that they could crucify people, burn them alive. Oh, and by the way, yeah, but not their kids. Yeah, well, what happened to their kids? Because all their parents, grandparents, uncles, older brothers and sisters were all burned alive or, or crucified or whatever. So it's not like the kids got a good break out of this thing, right? But I digress. Uh, we We bombed. We killed hundreds of thousands of people with bombs in Nagasaki and Hiroshima in the cold calculated math of let's not lose as many casualties invading. And that was real. That happened not in ancient medieval history. Right. We had dragons. This was modern times where we dropped. Now, you could there's a lot of different reasons why Truman, you know, authorized the bombing of Nagasaki and Hiroshima. 
Um, but one of the motivations, so one of the motivations was to, um, the main motivation, stated motivation was essentially to say, look, we will win. Right. You have no power over us. We are all powerful. So, and we're, and the only way we can, we could tell you that, but you're not going to believe us. So we're going to show you what we can do to you. And only then will you give up. But another, uh, you know, unstated purpose that historians will talk about is as the United States, we were scared of another world war happening. We had seen two happen already. And we wanted to say, you know, naturally, we don't want another world war happening. Well, how do you stop a world war from happening again? Well, you tell the world, if you fuck with us, this is what's going to happen to you. We will destroy a city with we'll a... We'll use a dragon to burn everyone alive in a With a, a single bomb. So, yeah. so with this bomb, we get peace. With tens of thousands of deaths, we will get peace. And one could argue that that actually worked because we never <laughs> did have an all-out war with the USSR, partially because of worries of total destruction from both sides. Right. It's just unclear whether uh, the same message could not have been delivered with fewer casualties. But, you know, that's a motivation for humans in history going way back of that Genghis Khan did this. He would roll up on a town and he would say, look, town, we could siege you. We could could spend some time trying. I'll win eventually. You know that. If, If you fight me now, I will kill everyone in this town. I will wipe it clean. Yeah. I will burn it down. Everyone will die. If you give in now, we will have peace. Right. I won't kill a single one of you. Right. And all I'll do is I'm going to tax you. There's going to be a couple other things. I'm going to take some men, some right. supplies. You're going to be a part of my empire. But you'll all live. So right. you make the choice, town. And the towns that said no... I think we have a chance. Guess what happened? Yep. They wiped those cities clean. Right. Now, was was Genghis Khan evil and mad? No. He was doing a calculated decision of, I want to rule the world. I'm Daenerys Targaryen. I want to rule the world. They're they're evil by modern standards, except we, like I just said, we still don't apply those modern standards even to ourselves yeah but. i mean it is evil uh it's evil to invade an, a, another city and say i want to take you over yeah. it's evil to uh kill innocent people as an example yeah that's yeah. essentially and, just mass, but, but your point terrorism. which is the same point i'm making is it's crazy that we would be shocked that a, a fictional character with dragons that's already done right. very well, vicious things would not do something like raise a town when in history it's been done over and over and over yeah and in the Game of Thrones history, it had been done. Right. So, um, and I, and, you know, lo and behold, Americans don't understand history. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not nerds about history the way maybe you and I are. But anyway, so uh, the Lannisters sack the city. They rape. They kill babies. They kill, you know, wantonly. And so that's what happens. And, uh, and... Daenerys would have heard that story when she was growing up and felt like 
the Lannisters did that to her people. Right. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, Sir Gregor Clegane and Sir Armory Lorch break into Elia Martell's room. and This is Rhaegar's wife. This is as the Targaryens are falling. And uh, Princess uh, Rhaenys is a toddler. And Armory, at the uh, orders of Tywin Lannister, by the way, drags the screaming toddler from under the bed and stabs the child 50 times. Right. And this is well known to Danny and everyone else. Sir Gregor Clegane, the mountain, oh my God, murders Prince Aegon um, in front of Elia by smashing his head against a wall. Very consistent with the mountain. He then rapes Elia and then kills her by crushing her head, probably in a similar way that he crushed the viper's head. So this is, this is what Westerosi men did to yeah. Daenerys' cousins and aunt. Right. Which For, the, and they didn't have to. I think to play devil's advocate, what folks would say, yes, but we know that they're evil. We've seen them be evil from the beginning. We didn't think Danny was also evil. They're all evil because they all play the Game of Thrones. Sure. You know. uh, so Westerosi men kill her father. And uh, they you know, backstab the father. They kill the brother in valiant battle. They kill her sister-in-law by you know, sneaking into the room. They kill Daenerys' two cousins, who are small children, and they rape her sister-in-law. And they also kill all their loyal followers. And then, they, then they try to kill her mother and everyone else. How is this told in the books? Is, are these flashbacks? Are these... Uh... These are told by people recalling. Yeah, okay. they're not flashbacks. They're like, okay. well, when you know, I see. when Sir Gregor Clegane broke into Elia's tower and smashed, you know, blah blah. Like it's okay. So that's another thing about the books is like you're not sure if it really happened or if it was right. just. It could rumored. also be worse. They could be making it sound worse. Not that it was good. It was just you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, well, let's take a break and when we get back. Let's continue the story. What do you say, bro? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If you haven't become a patron of the podcast yet, do so now. That's the way that we know that you like the podcast. If Daenerys Targaryen was to address her Dothraki and Unsullied to convince them all to become patrons of her own podcast, what would she say? For too long, we have liberated people that were enslaved by their brutal masters. But now, I give you two choices. Donate or Dracaris. <laughs> wow, that really paid off in the end. All right. So, um, okay. So then, uh, they're, you know, totally, uh, a lot of the people are killed. Danny's family, they're on the run. And then the mom gives birth. I think across the narrow seas, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, no, gives birth while still in Westeros. And the mom dies during childbirth. Mm. And at that point, you just have Viserys and a very, you know, newborn child, da mm -hmm. Daenerys. And guess what happens then? You know, can you guess what happens at that point? I mean, so are they being smuggled out of there, or are they traveling? Like, how are they getting out of there? Who's trying? Hey. There's no plan at this point. They're they're stuck at Dragonstone, 
I believe. They get sold. They all, get, well, yeah, good guess. Essentially that. So their servants all turn on the family. Uh, and, um, and again, Westerosi people. Right. And there's only a, like a, a few people who are still loyal to the Targaryen, the last Targaryens, the, you know, the two children. And they smuggle them out to the free cities. Uh, um, Westerosi men routinely try to assassinate her and her brother while they're in the free cities. So she goes up in this, you know. So she has really a lot of hatred towards Westeros. Yeah. And towards King's Landing. Right. Yeah. So she's sitting there in the free cities and she's like, what are we going to do that is so horrible? And these assassins just keep coming at from across the narrow sea. Right. Just, uh, so again, plain devil's advocate, though. Uh, none of this is conveyed in the show. Right. Totally. Very little. So yeah. we'll get to the part that is. Yeah. And I think that's enough. But anyway. Then her loyal knight, who, you know, the last loyal, think of like a Jorah, an yeah. early version of Jorah, dies when she's five years old. So pretty oh, wow. traumatic for that, for her. Um, and all of the house servants steal their money. So it's really down to just Viserys and Danny, and, and she's five, and Viserys would, I don't know, be like eight or nine or something. Huh. At this point, her brother becomes... Very evil. So at first, Viserys was kind of nice to Danny. Yeah. Because they're like on the run together and blah, blah, blah. But at this point, Viserys is like, because Viserys is like, I'm the rightful king. Right. And here I am, you know, I, I don't even have the power to defend my possessions against my house servants. Right. Like, and so he, he starts to get pretty upset and he gets pretty ruthlessly evil and abusive and bullying to his younger sister and you see that in the show, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have to sell everything they own, including their mother's crown, which was like, you know, very sentimental to them. Yeah. By the way, at this at this point in the show, I remember being so confused because there were so many characters, yeah, and there were all these storylines. I'm like, who are these people? Why are they? Wait, what? Who? Like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so then, skip forward. Lots of fleeing from assassins, free cities, you know, the beggar king is what he's known as. Some people kind of take him in, but they're kind of fetishized and then they have to run. And then Viserys gets this, gets this, um, uh, break where this, um, Khal Drogo is interested in marrying a fair skinned Westerosi royal girl. Uh huh. And Viserys is like, hey, I have a royal girl, and you have an army. Let's let's bring these two together. Yeah. You got the looks. I got the brains. Yeah. So then, at the age of 13, Daenerys is married to Khal Drogo. 13? Yeah. Oh. Right. So, in the TV show, she looks like, eh, maybe she's 18, 16. Right. 13. 13. Actually, so, wasn't everyone younger in the books? Like, yeah. 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 Which is accurate to history, too. Yeah. I think Rob Stark dies when he's like 16, if I'm not mistaken. Um, somewhere around there. Anyway. So, 13 years old. She's married to Khal Drogo, who's a very scary person that she can't communicate with. She doesn't want to marry him. And essentially, Drogo rapes her, right? Mm-hmm. At the very least, it's like, how can you consent <laughs> to a sexual relationship like that? 
So at this point, she finally meets someone who is kind to her, which is Jorah. This is in the books and in the TV show. Um, and he was kicked out of you know Westeros by Westerosi men, by the way. Mm-hmm. So another person who hates you know Westeros. Right. More abuse from her brother. She watches her husband murder her brother. So that's another trauma in her life. Uh, you know the the brothers being a dick and Drogo kills her, kills him. But in the show, wasn't he sent? He was sent as a spy, though, right? Jorah, yeah. Jorah, yeah, right. So at this point, she thinks Jorah is a loyal person. Yeah, but we'll get to that yeah. betrayal later. So now, brother dead. Now she's the rightful ruler of Westeros, and she's also becoming basically the queen of a Death Dothraki tribe. So she's right. starting to get some power. She's no longer being abused, and her husband's starting to actually kind of stick up for her. By the her. way, she was abused by her brother. Like, yeah. super traumatic. Like, if we think about this from a psychological yeah. uh, upbringing, right? Uh, no mother, no father. Yeah. No no parental figures. Murdered. Murdered. So she doesn't even know them right off the bat. No love for this baby directly, right? Then a brother who starts abusing her. At least mentally and physically, right? And then, she, at the age of thirteen, she is r- sold and abused and raped by like these vicious people. <laughs> and that's that's where we're at now. <laughs> like, right? That's the psychology that's going into this little head. Right. So trauma, anger, right? Um, defense mechanisms, dispossession of- by these people in the West. Defense mechanisms around entitlement and power and wanting to gain dominance to be safe in the world, you know? Because she spent her whole life being very unsafe. Yeah. And she, you know, really wants to rule, but she also really wants to rule because she wants to be safe for herself and her people. Um, More assassins try to kill her. She gets pregnant. At this point, she might be about 14. She witnesses her people, the Dothraki, rape and murder innocent people. Do you remember this from the TV show? Yeah. So Khal Drogo and his people, they roll into a town to get supplies. And instead of just taking the supplies, they, they rape, they kill. They're doing all these horrible things, more trauma. She feels bad for them. She tries to save them. Yeah, because they are the Genghis Khan in this equation. Right. And she does save some slaves, and she takes them... Uh, as as her own servants. And then, long story short, they conspire against her, even though she was trying to save them and right. did save them. And one of them kills Drogo right. and her unborn child. Right. So the amount of betrayal is like... Yeah. So it's like, oh, thank you. Know, thank, you're welcome for saving your life. Um, then she also learns that, you know, with power comes fear and... You know, that's what the Dothraki do. That's, you yeah. know, the Genghis Khan model. And Daenerys learns from that lesson of just like, oh, you know, when you make people afraid of you, that's when you have power. By the way, doesn't she have the eggs at this point already? Yes. Forget how she got the eggs. I think she was given the eggs as a wedding gift, if I'm not... There are no... I don't know. Let's not get into that. Okay. But she... I think she definitely has the eggs by that point. Yeah. But it but they don't they're petrified eggs, so yeah. they don't think they're, you know, actual dragons. They're just relics. Yeah. Uh Drogo dies, her husband, which is another trauma, because at this point she likes him. Right. 
And then she just walks into the funeral pyre. Yeah. There's no way she knows she's in, no, immune to fire. She basically she's just killing tries to kill herself. She's, she's yeah. that distraught. And she doesn't die. In fact, she uh, you know, comes out with dragons. And at this point, the you know, last few Dothraki people who are following her, including Jorah, are just like, holy shit. This right. woman is, she's not, she's, she's almost, supernatural. she's like a god. Yeah. You know, she has three dragons. She's the mother of dragons. Yeah. She, she, she lives through fire. She lives through fire. Yeah. She is our Khaleesi, you yeah. know, she's, she's, we should follow her. And so this is where, so she goes from total despair, nothing to live for anymore. No reason to live, because when you save people's lives, they, they kill your husband and your, right. your unborn child. Why go on? Well, then she goes into the fire, and she emerges like, huh, I didn't die. And wait, I have dragons. And wait, <laughs> everyone's worshiping me now. Right. Like, that's interesting. Now I feel powerful. Now I feel safe. I feel a little bit safer. It's that intoxication of power at that point. They go to Karth. And long story short, some people try to fuck with her, and guess what she does to them? Burns them. Burns them to the ground. So right from the start... But she doesn't burn the kids. She loves to burn people (laughs) to the ground. Yeah, and this is my point, is that... So just picture this. Imagine you go into a town, and you don't kill the kids under a certain age, but all the adults and... Everyone, older brothers, older sisters, uncles, fathers, grandmas, everyone burns. What happens to the kids? Yeah. Like, what, they, they're not traumatized by that? They're not permanently scarred? Is, like, who's going to raise them now? Like, right, it's evil, but that's the way people used to think back then. Right, but then how can we think that that, just because she didn't burn the kids, like, well, she didn't burn the kids. It's like, well, no. She, in some ways, like, left this whole generation dispossessed and, like, with the trauma of having seen all their elders burned alive, right? Now, you could say, yeah, but their elders were evil. Yeah, but are you saying that therefore the kids deserved it? Because if you're saying the kids deserved it, now you're saying the same thing she would have said when she burned King's Landing. Yeah. And so... I, I think it's this weird distinction between, like, yes, but she didn't burn children. Yes, but she didn't burn children before, whereas now she's built burning children. And I'm saying, sure, that was one step further from what she had already been doing. She had already been destroying children's lives. Right. Yeah, exactly. So Jorah then tells Danny about the sack at King's Landing. This is where she actually starts to learn about this. She learns about how babies were killed, how women were raped, how men were slaughtered, and the victors are now alive in that city. Right. Um, she gets an army. Uh, how does she get this army? The army of Unsullied. Yeah, so... Well, they, just in a, in a one sentence, how does she get it? She tells them they could be free if they free themselves, basically. What else did she do? I forget. She burnt people to the oh, ground. Oh, she burnt people to the ground. She burnt a shit ton she of people, people. <laughs> to the ground. Right. That's how she got her army and everyone cheers. Yes, but they, they, she didn't burn kids. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like we, When she burnt the masters of the slaves, of you know the slave masters of the Unsullied, we as an audience cheer. 
and that's the Tyrion speech. We're like, yay! Yeah. But it's like she's still burning people to the ground. Yeah. Who, who, who don't clearly in, that's in, in that society anyway. They don't really deserve that. You know, she's right. declaring like it'd be like if the, this is actually a pretty apt analogy. Be like if I went to the Middle East to like Saudi Arabia and decided to burn all the men to the ground for having such horrible laws for the women. And or if the North had burnt alive all the Southerners after the Civil War. Right. It's like, is it, you know, it's, if you, if a, if a person on another planet were watching the movie of me burning all the men in Saudi Arabia. Right. They would cheer that story. They'd be like, yeah, those oppressive slave master right. bastards, they, they deserve what they got. Well, is it, is it, is it okay to do – you know, right. it's, it's gray. It's hard to know, and that's what – Well, George... and, the, and, the, and the, the point is it's not because at the very least, you reap what you sow, and you, and you, you basically build the world you want. So if you want a world where the punishment is always cruel and unusual, that's the world you get. Right. So in her world, when you betray her because you think she might be going a little insane, you burn by a dragon breathing on you. Right. And you could say, I guess, in the story arc that at first she burnt people who were very easy for her to say deserved it. Yeah. And then slowly over time, it right. became a little bit more easy. Well, maybe they deserve it. Eh, maybe, it you know, I think a similar thing happened in Nazi Germany when they were uh, slaughtering the Jewish people. Was at first it was like, well, we'll kill the dissident Jews. Yeah. Well, we'll kill the the families of the dissident yeah. Jews. Well, and then eventually it's like, let's kill all the Jews. Well, and exactly, and like, wh- why did she need to burn alive the? So I understand that if they don't bend the knee to you, like that creates a problem, right? Like when when she had the army of yeah. uh, Sol- the Sully, the Sam Tullys, the Tullys. It's like, all right, Dick bend on. the knee. Dickon and, and uh, Randall. Right. Bend the knee. Okay, you're not going to bend the knee. Okay, well, unfortunately, I can't have you around because you're going to raise an army and you're going to try to take me out. So, But she burns them alive with the dragons, right? So her choice is this horrific terror. And so, you know, you could look at it from the pragmatic point like you were saying. Well, if I do this, people will fear me. Okay, but that's the world you're creating. Right. And what Tyrion argued was... Put him in a dungeon. Yeah. Let him, let him think about exactly. it for a month. Maybe exactly. after a month in the dungeon, they'll come around. And Tyrion saw that. Yeah. And he saw all those little bits. He saw all the little bits. Okay. So getting back to the story, she gets an army. She finds her second friend now after Jorah, Masande. Uh, not really so much super friend like Jorah, but, you know, loyal person that she likes. It's a slave. <laughs> at, at, yeah. Well, no, actually, she, she says Masande can go. Yeah, that's she true. says all of them can go if yeah. they want to. They, you know, they're free to go and they they choose to stay. I wonder what would have happened if they took her up on the offer. I think she would have <laughs> at that point. I think she would have let him. Really? Yeah. If the army's like, if if it's all the same to you, <laughs> we don't want to follow you. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh shit. <laughs> um, so I have a feeling the dragons would have had a little bit of work. Well, we know. Um, so at this point in the books, she starts talking about burning cities to the yeah. ground. Like in this story and in the well, TV in the, show, in the show, yeah, she starts actually talking about like now I have an army, I have dragons, and I know, and I have a shit ton of chips on my shoulder, 
And there's a lot of people who are going to pay. Yeah. And she starts using words like that city might have to burn. You know, not exactly those words, but right. essentially saying people ask her like, so are you? Are you talking about actually like raising a city? To, well, if need be. Um, well, and and at this point, she has no connection to the West. Right. Meaning, there's no John in this picture. Right. So, as far as she knows or feels, King's Landing, it, it, it's you know, it's like you might as well burn it because like I, those people are nothing to me. They're only standing in my way. They're all evil. They killed all my family. Right. Exactly. Um. Now she starts to really start to feel entitled. Yeah. She has dragons. She has power. She has an army. Um, they're, they're not just following her because they're afraid. They're following her because they worship her. Right. That's a, you know, it's a big difference between worshipers and follow in just, you know, loyal people. Right. And there was that scene where um, the dragons accidentally burn a kid. Right. Yeah. And then she's like, well, not accidentally, but well, Accidentally, in that Danny didn't intend it. Right. So then she puts them in the dungeon. Yeah. Right. And then, but then she goes through a period where she comes to realize dragons can't be held back like this. Right. So that's an, so people will point to that and say like, Danny was good. She locked up her dragons because they killed one kid. That's totally inconsistent with her killing all the kids later. But the lesson that Daenerys, as you're pointing out, I think, the lesson that Danny learned about that was if you want to rule in order to save the world you cannot hold back the dragons you have to let the dragons be dragons and you have to let a targaryen be a targaryen so along the way she develops that self that is very cold and fierce you know as as when she's younger she's very meek and scared and mousy and she starts to develop this persona of fierceness and assuredness and coldness. Right. And I think that's very, you know, safer. And there's no tenderness. There's no mercy. No. There's no holding back with there's that only persona. righteousness. And 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 dominance and destruction to those who stand in her way. She gets revenge, as you pointed out earlier, on the wealthy of another town by essentially crucifying uh, dozens of men. She didn't have to do that, you know. Right. She could have thrown them in a dungeon. She could have excommunicated them, but she crucifies them. And in the TV show, I think they they put the men on a road, but in the books, they're crucified outside of her palace. So there's like dozens of men being right. crucified where she can see them. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's this thing where like, look if again if you're if you're going to rule by eye for an eye. And cruel and unusual punishment, that's the world you're forging. Right. And so at this point, again, in the TV show and the books, you're like, yeah, wealthy men from towns we don't care about. (laughs) You, you deserve it. And they don't show us their kids lamenting and weeping at their feet. Right. Because, again, what happens to all the children in that case? Right. Who... Well, they take them in, and it's like, oh, yeah, and it's that simple, huh? Yeah. You're just like, hey, I know if we just burnt your parents alive. Or, yeah, I know. I, I see your dad crucified or that. Don't worry about that. Come with us. We're fine. Right. We're good people. And I think that there's actually an element of, I don't want to use the word racism per se, but like race issue in that for 
for a lot of Americans, we I- personally identify with the Westerosi people. Right. And we don't identify with Marine and Carth right. and all those other towns. So those like are those, those Romans, are, those Greeks. Those are foreign places. Those Mediterranean people. They're like Persian and yeah. you know, whatever. And when Danny is ruthless with their societies, we're like, yeah, put them under the thumb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then when she does it to the Westerosi people, are like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Like, <laughs> not our, not the people I identify with. Right. Yeah. Um, now, I'll pause and say that Burning King's Landing, she had, she had never done anything like that before. Yeah, because she had never made a decision based on pure moment of rage. Yeah, and well, really just it, just swaths of innocent yeah. people. I mean, she even put her own men at risk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it it was different. Yeah. But there was a through line that we're and, building to right yeah. now. And again, not only was it different, uh, I I personally would have been more satisfied narratively if she had lost it and burned a whole bunch of people but then like uh and then headed for the red keep and you know whereas she instead of zigzagging and spending like 15 minutes burning everyone you know well what i what i rewrote in my head but i think the writers they wanted it to be definitively bad do you know i think yeah. they they wanted john's decision to kill yep. danny to be in that area of like well Someone's got to kill this. It, it was more effective in the end that way because if, first if of it all, was the way you did it, it would have been ambiguous. Would, why would John right. kill Daenerys? Absolutely. And in the way they did it, actually, one thing that did happen while I was watching that episode was similar to like Schindler's List or something, where I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh no, yeah," and kind of this feeling of like it's all ruined now. Yeah, like, you, you've ruined everything. I want to. Pause and recommend uh, another podcast or YouTube channel by um, Leslie. Um, what's her face from Saturday Night Live? Um, Leslie something. Okay, uh, but she has a YouTube channel where she watches Game of Thrones. Do you watch Saturday Night Live? Yeah, she's but the not tall. Much. She's the tall black woman. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I actually saw her. Wasn't she in the new? Was, wasn't she in the new uh, Ghostbusters movie? Yes, I think so. Okay. Leslie something. That's <laughs> on the okay. tip of my tongue. But um, Jones, Leslie Jones. Okay. She, has, she also does one with the talk show host guy who used to be a writer for SNL. Anyway. Okay. Um, but Leslie Jones, she watches Game of Thrones with her cell phone filming the show and she just reacts uh-huh. um, and she condenses it down. But it's, it's a, and when she was burning King's landing, like Leslie Jones's commentary <laughs> was just beautiful. <laughs> Another YouTube channel I love about game of Thrones is called gay of Thrones. Have you ever seen this? No, it's really good. So that this, this gay of Thrones has been going on, I think since like maybe season three or something, every uh-huh. episode, Got to watch it. It's the one I, I really like is In Deep Geek. That's the name of the channel, In oh. Deep Geek. And I think he does very good analyses of the episodes. Maybe I, I might have even watched them. Very knowledgeable of the books, clearly. Does he have an accent? Yeah, British. Yeah, yeah. 
and he's sort of positive about season eight. Yeah. I have watched him. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think some of this analysis might I, even I, His analysis fits very well with where I feel because he points out things that don't make sense and things that but, – but he's a lot more focused on like – it's not even like positive. It's just like just seeing the things as they are presented to us rather than the feelings about it, you right. know? Right. I think that's the thing. Like when you're watching it, you don't want her to do it and you – and I think – for a lot of people, they were really pulling for Daenerys. Right. They really identified with Daenerys and really wanted her to win. And she seemed like the logical good guy. Right. But that ignores the story that we're telling. Right. Okay. So now at this point, she learns that her two, two of her only friends. So she has Masande, Jorah, Selmy and, and Grey Worm kind of in the books. Not so much, but she she basically has two friends. Masande's kind of a friend. Jorah and, and Sir Barristan Selmy. So they both um, are discovered as spies. This is different in the books. Oh, okay. So in the, in the TV show, she discovers Jorah. Jorah in fact, I think Selmy even outs Jorah on the TV show. But in the books, both Jorah and Selmy are spies. She finds out they're spies, and she basically tries to have them killed by putting them on like an impossible mission to take over, I think, Marine, if I'm not mistaken. And which, by the way, though, you know, again, say my point about how it was much worse what she did with Varys is that she didn't burn Jorah alive. Right. But she did essentially try to kill him. Yeah. And but again, didn't burn him alive. Right. In front of everyone. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, another massive betrayal, by the way. Yeah. So. She has hardly any secure attachments at this point. Right. Um, at this point, she just has Masande, and I, you know, as Masande is basically a slave. Um, she learns that changing a city with politics is almost impossible. She she learns that lesson many times yeah. across the Narrow Sea, which is like, okay, I'm going to free the slaves, I'm going to I'm going to liberate the people, I'll kill the bad guys. And then she leaves. Fine. Then she leaves the city, and it just goes right back. Right. Or even when she's in the city, she, people Things are trying to help. kill her, and it's like she learns like if you leave a, people alive, there's always a way that they will try to get back at you and, and regain power. Right. So she she learns essentially the lesson like you have to wipe the slate clean if you want to right. truly start over and create the perfect world in her head, you have to wipe everyone out. Yeah, she's learning that lesson, unfortunately. Yeah, she's like Thanos in some ways, I guess. Yeah. Um, so uh, at this point in the TV show, they kill Selmy, actually. Like, Selmy dies because Daenerys didn't wipe them all out. She, like, was merciful right. on some of the rich people. Right. And then well, they, they hire those... What was that... Sect called? Um, I can't remember. Right. And then that's when they fight like underneath kind of the city and yeah. then uh, Grey Worm almost dies. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. And in the books, a lot of the Unsullied die because mm-hmm. of they get, essentially uh, Daenerys's mercy on the right. people who she overthrew. More assassins come from Westeros and try to kill her. She becomes a Dothraki prisoner. It's a long story how she 
Gets, yeah, she gets separated from her armies. That's because the, the dragon flies out and drops her off in the middle of nowhere. Essentially. Yeah. And she becomes a Dothraki prisoner. And guess what she does to the people <laughs> who put her in prison? She burns them alive. She burns them to the ground. Right. Um, she, then she has a huge Dothraki army. It's like, hmm, burning people to the ground really... Has paid off every single time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, not the kids. Yeah. And again, now at this point, I guess I hadn't thought about this. She didn't have any, she didn't have as good a grounds to burn these guys to the ground. Right. Um, these guys were following a tradition that these people do, which is, uh, I think the Khaleesi's of dead calls have to be in a particular place like yeah. they can't go other places and raise armies or something so it's it's not nice to them but it's not like right as bad as maybe what the the slave masters were doing in other cities you know what I mean? and let's not forget that the uh the two dudes that showed up was it uh gray War? like i forget the two guys that showed up it was it was, it was well in the tv show it was jora and, and the other dude maybe gray War or in selmy no uh no the other guy um Oh, uh, you're right. The, yeah, yeah. Uh, the that, leader of the... The really badass fighter, dude. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Her so, lover. So they show up, and they were going to take her, right? They're like, okay, we're here to rescue. Right. And then she's like, uh, I've got a better idea. Right. Exactly. But, so but, she could have escaped, <laughs> but instead she's like, no, I'd rather burn him to the ground. Right. It's like, well, hold on. The problem is that I really want to burn some people. Yeah. And I don't want to burn you two. Like, you're, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, again, in this story, when we're watching as an audience, we're like, yay! Yay! But think of... Rapist, gang, uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> yeah. That's so great that you killed brown people. We don't identify... Down with the Mongols. We don't identify with traveling horse people. <laughs> um, so then she has... She didn't kill the kids. Yeah. She has trouble with slavers, and she burns them into the sea. She gives a speech to the Dothraki. Oh, yeah. Like, is that when she burns a whole bunch of boats? Yeah. Yeah. Burns them all. But not the kids. Yeah. Were there no kids on those boats? <laughs> uh, she gives a speech to the Dothraki talking about how they're going to tear down all the houses in Westeros. Actually, I just realized something. Given that uh, girls were married off at like 11, 13, given that boys joined armies and things at like 11, 13... Wasn't she, in fact, burning and killing kids all along? Probably. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, and none of the women were pregnant when she burnt or killed them. Yeah, and none of the soldiers were, like, not enthusiastic about right. the fact that... Everyone she, was guilty. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, she arrives in Westeros. No one likes her. Everyone rejects her, even though she's the rightful queen. And she's like, I'm entitled. My family is entitled. And all you right. fuckers are being cold to me. By the way, isn't it – correct me if I'm wrong. I think – isn't there a thing where she's like, okay, well, I'm going to take the army and my dragons. We're going to go to uh, King's Landing. We're going to burn it. Well, no. Or we're going to like No, no, no. I'm getting, it, right? I'm getting to that. So okay. this is – so so at, at first, Danny's like, I'm going to burn the Red Keep. Right. And Tyrion, a Westerosi man – Yeah. Convinces her out. Like, That's no. what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So 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 if 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 Danny at this so later on in the story, Danny might look back and say, 
if I had just followed my dragon tendencies, my Targaryen tendencies, all of these other bad things wouldn't have happened. Right. I would have ended the war the minute I landed on Westeros. Yeah. I would have burnt the Red Keep to the ground. And sure, hundreds, right. maybe thousands of innocents would have died, but Cersei would have been dead, right. and, and they would have all realized there's no point, and I could have saved everyone. She but, had three dragons. Right. <laughs> and they didn't really have the scorpions set Not yet. Up. Like, they had been working on it. But even if yeah. they did, she had three dragons. Right. All the, and, and three dragon fires forget about concentrated it. on one spot. Yeah. yeah. Forget about it. So, so... Um, and Var- they could have done that and then still gone and focused on the White Walkers. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like, she could have looked back and been like, Tyrion's advice has, ru- has ruined me. Yeah. Um, you know this this advice of trying to be diplomatic right. and not burning people to the ground. Right. It's not just that; it's Tyrion's advice. Right. This whole little diplomacy bullshit. Yeah. Whereas here we have what's uh, what was the name of the High Garden gal? Olena. The, uh, she was trying to tell her, "Hey, be a dragon. Be a dragon." She even says, "She's like, don't you know, be it, be a dragon. Yeah. You know, don't un- take it from me. You you can't." And Olena, you know, kills Joffrey in this right. very you know blatant move but anyway, not a kid oh, i mean not blatant but like um <laughs> you know bold move yeah uh varus promises not to betray her so remember there's there's these two there's these two maybe three one uh theme is lack of attachment and trauma right. and just like tr- anger and resentment and not really connected to other human beings right two is this uh, solace in dominance and power and burning people to the ground, safety in that. Right. And three is betrayal. Right. So and those I mean, are the themes of her life. It'd be surprising if she's not somewhat psychopathic, you know? Right. <laughs> or at least just like, it's better for everyone if right. I just act like myself and burn it. Anyway, so Varys promises not to betray her. Uh, Danny follows Tyrion's plan to take over Westeros. Things go badly. Euron's like the whole. F- yeah, Euron. Euron burns all their ships. Jaime takes Highgarden. The Tyrell army is lost, by the way, um, and the Ironborn are basically decimated, or not decimated, but you know, yeah. wiped out. Danny is furious at Tyrion for having a soft plan. She vows to burn King's Landing to the ground. Right. And Tyrion convinces her not to do that. She burns the Lannisters to the ground instead. And she learns that burning people alive is wonderful. Yeah. She burns Randall and Dickon Tarly against Tyrion's advice. Um, But it goes well because the rest of the army, you know, bends the knee. Um, Fast forward, she burns all the whites to the ground. Uh, She loses one of her dragons. Uh, again, if she had just burned the Red Keep and got rid of... Right. She could have had all the armies going north and wouldn't have... So the only reason why she was even beyond the wall so that her dragon was killed... Try to convince Cersei. They were all trying to convince Cersei. Right. And the only reason why they're trying to convince Cersei is because Tyrion didn't let her burn the Red Keep to the ground in the first place. Right. She sees... uh, Though you know the way Targaryens used to be when she goes to the dragon pit, the dragon you know Colosseum, and she learns like the Targaryens used to be strong, 
and they you know she saw a visual representation of what she knew like they had yeah. big dragons they were powerful they didn't hold back they burnt you know um uh heron hall to the ground you know like other targaryens had burnt cities and keeps to the ground um she burns more undead at the, at winterfell Danny sees how her ancestors treated their dragons by caging them, and then the, they diminished. It, they became civilized. Yeah. The Targaryens became less Targaryen. Yeah. The dragons became smaller and smaller, and that's maybe how they lost their power. And that's right. maybe why war happens is when you don't have a strong Targaryen at the head with just with a million nukes ready to go. If anyone you know twitches, that's when you have war, and that's when bad things happen. No one likes her or, or respects her in Winterfell. More betrayal. Right. No, you know, everyone's looking, you know, no one really thinks, you know, she, I could imagine when she was in that feast, I was thinking that she'd be thinking, they don't think I'm their queen. They just want me for my dragons. Well, and let's not forget, she has just found out that her whole life story yeah. is not what she thinks it is. Yeah. Because John has told her before the battle, which, by the way, what a monumentally stupid time to do that. But John is honorable. He's an honorable he, human being. Although he's and, not Eddard's son. He's not smart. He's just like Eddard. You cannot say that John is smart. <laughs> yeah. But he sits there and he tells her so that... Well, he's not wily. Let's just put it that way. He's not smart. <laughs> but now she's sitting there like, God damn it. Like, this really fucks things up. No one better find out about this. We'll all be doomed. And I look around and like they're praising him as the king. And yeah. no one, and Sansa hates me. No one likes me. All my work, my entire right. life's work, completely down the tubes. Everything I've sacrificed right. has all been in service of putting this other dude on the throne. Right. Like that doesn't seem very fair. Right. Right. So pretty distressed at that yeah. point and she knows fully well that if this gets out it will at the very least cause a rebellion that she has to deal with right and at worst causes them to kill her because they're yeah. like um honey you're not actually the rightful ruler right. so very distressing to her she also falls in love with john um john rejects her and she calls upon her cold, fierce self for protection when he rejects her. She loses another one of her children, one, another dragon. She knows, again, that she could have ended the war a long time ago by burning the Red Keep. And now she has two dragons dead, and many of her men dead, lost a lot of land yep. because she didn't burn the Red Keep. Uh, Masande is executed brutally. Beheaded after she lets Tyrion... Once again, try to negotiate with Cersei. Right. And learns that you cannot negotiate. Right. And before Masande dies, you know what she said? Dracaris. Which, what do you think, what do, you, do you know what that means? Burn them all. Yeah. It's just, burn these fuckers. Now, Masande is not a warrior. She, no. she isn't, but she's like, burn these. Now. I don't think she meant burn all the. Little babies, but well, so let's <laughs> <She might have. laughs> let's put this in another context. Let's make this, you know, Karth or Marine. That's, yeah, that's true. And let's say Masande is on the, you know, and you have this evil warlord who chops off the head and 
before she dies, Masande is essentially hinting like, burn this fucking place to the ground. This right. this city is rotten to its core. I don't care about the innocent people. We need a forty days and forty nights of flood, and yeah. we need to start over. Right. And we, you know, I don't. And and then let's say she burns that city to the ground. How many Americans are going to be like? Right upset about that right I, I think it had to do something with about that I well especially because you know there's ways to film scenes right and in all those other scenes they didn't show us the real repercussions and toll of her dramatic actions right in just, this case, just the glorious you right know, revenge in this case they absolutely took pains to show us the babies and the kids and right. the, which makes sense um Danny is experiencing a much different reception in these cities than in before. You know, they're not worshiping her. No, not at all. They're, no one cares about her. No one cares. They're yeah. they're running into the city and they're not like, "Yay, come save us!" They're just like, and Tyrion and her have a debate about that. Varys betrays her, one of her very few people who she trusts, possibly by trying to poison her, and she might have even learned about that. Oh, sorry. Ironically, it's maybe really weird because the they, the West, the Westeros, they don't have slaves, right? Right. And it's because they don't have slaves that she doesn't find a people that is worthy of liberation. Oh, or a ready-made worshiping yeah. cr- crowd, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah, like in the other places, it's like, ooh, like I have an instant gaggle of worship right but here i can't exploit that trick yeah. you know um danny and 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 Tyrion had the following conversation in marine the slaves turned on their masters and liberated the cities themselves the moments i arrived they argue for a while for a while she clearly wants to burn the city down and Tyrion says mercy is our strength or no she says mercy is our strength our mercy toward future generations who will never again be held hostage by a tyrant. Um, right. Tyrion begs her to relent when the bells ring. And in the episode, it looks like she agrees. But she doesn't. But when, but when you rewatch it, she's just like, I heard you. Yeah. I didn't affirmatively say I agree to that plan. Yeah. But I, okay, I heard you. Yeah. And she even kind of looks at Grey Worm. And Grey Worm, I think Grey Worm and her are just like, I don't think that sounds very Right. Uh, and that's the other thing is, um, I think some folks, I can't remember, we're also complaining about Grey Worm. But it's like, Grey Worm, all these people in the West mean nothing to Grey Worm. Right. At all. Right. He cared about one thing, well, two things maybe. He cared about it, the loyalty to his queen, but more than anything, about his love for Missande and the plans they had made. Right. And now his life is ruined. Yeah, I mean, imagine you're Grey Worm. You know, we, we tend to look at him as like, well, he's a very strong emotional character. No, he's not. He was raised in captivity. He yeah. had his penis cut off. Yeah. He's abused to the point of, like, extreme, you know, obedience. To kill. And he then, was raised to kill. And then he finally allows his humanity to come out. He's probably, like, 18 years old, by the way. Yeah. He finally lets his humanity come out, and he falls in love with Masande. They have an, a full-on sexual, romantic, loving relationship. And this city beheads her. Yeah. This total innocent person who can't fight for right. no reason. They could have 
They could have put her in the dungeon. They could have let her go. But in on purpose, in front, these these random people who you can't differentiate. They are right. all Westerosi people. The city. It's this, this, this thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and to, uh, you know, again, <laughs> not a good defense, but from their perspective, they're like, well, why are they supporting Cersei? Yeah. Like, what, what's wrong with you people? Right. And, again, getting back, to, you are the people or the descendants of the people who that raped... did all this worse stuff to who my... Who raped yeah. and pillaged King's Landing... Right who were my people. Right. You're the people who raped and killed my people right. and then had kids right. in my city. Right. You don't you didn't deserve it to begin with. Right. You're all criminals by association. Now, I will give you know people who hated this turn credit for the fact that how in the world would they know all the things we're saying right now? These right. events, the things in Karth, right. the things in Marine right. were Years ago, yeah, and I and and all the stuff you were mentioning from the book, that subtlety is not in the show. All that's true, and I again will also say that in my mind, although you you as we pointed out earlier, it would have made the last episode really not work out. Um, I think that her rage and disgust for these people in this city would have been uh, more sort of like believable by more people if she had lashed out and yes she storms a couple of streets and and then she's uh, and then she just goes to red keep but truthfully that's not that's not the story that would have been actually more accurate and that's the horror is that uh this was what it was leading to um it is fair to speculate that if she hadn't like if the john thing hadn't been revealed if she hadn't felt betrayed recently by Varys and others, if they hadn't beheaded Miss Sande, then well, maybe she wouldn't have uh, torched everyone to the ground. Yeah, I agree. So, was, but she would have torched a lot of people. Yeah, and definitely the Red Keep, and probably you know lined up all the Lannister men and killed them. Yeah, I don't think there's a scenario in which the Red Keep wasn't burning to the ground, and which the army wasn't. Well. I don't know about the Red Keep, but at least um, the uh, you know the walls, sure. and the Lannister army. Like that's what I thought was gonna. So what I thought was gonna happen was as I was watching the episode, there's that tense moment between the Northmen and and the Dothraki and the Lannister army, and they're all bottlenecked in that, and you just see the Lannister captain kind of looking around, going like, "What are we doing?" And he throws down his sword. And then you see Daenerys looking pissed off. I thought she was just going to burn the whole Lannister army. Yeah. As, you know, like after they, yeah. uh, you know. And and I was like, oh, no, Danny. Like, they gave up. They gave Don't up. Don't do it. Don't, Don't do, do it. it. And then when she started burning the kids, yeah. I was like, whoa. Now, what I think would have been. Again, so there are ways in which they could have made it more palatable without sacrificing what, some of the stuff we wanted. Uh, for example, a classic thing that could have happened is in this tense standoff, one of the soldiers shoots like a spear or something and kills one of the main characters, like kills Grey Worm or kills John or something big. And that is it. I'm burning everybody. You're, you're all done. 
Yeah. Right. And then I think, uh, you know, that might. Yeah, that might have been interesting because that still would have been completely unjustified right. by, totally. by Tyrion's standard. Totally. Yeah. But anyways, but that didn't happen. So it was uh, in some ways, uh, I mean, to their credit, like. They went for it. They went for it. Yeah. Like, they were it like. It was like, no, no, no. It's fully unjustified. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing yeah. you can. And that was clear to me after the episode. I was like, Wow. The writers really wanted to make it clear to us that she had no reason. There was no reason. There wasn't even a reason to burn the Red Keep. Yeah. Because the Lannister army had laid down their weapons. The Northmen, all they had to do was walk up to the Red Keep and retrieve Cersei and kill her. Like, there was nothing left to do. And so uh, there was no reason for it. And they were trying to make a point of, like, this is who she is, and this is what she, this is her her mission in life. This her is her vision of the way to do it. Yeah, and I actually th- that's why I thought the speech she gives to John to justify her actions it almost did feel as if they filmed it after all the complaints came out right. because it was exactly the they were they were so aware that the complaint that this was right. an extreme action so. That's a quibble I have with the way they laid out the story in season eight was they went, they had too many stretches of twists. Yeah. You know, you, one could say it's a, it's a twist yeah. that Daenerys burnt the city down. And then later you're like, oh, okay, if that's what you're thinking, I guess that it's still not right, but I guess that makes more sense as to why you're doing it. Um, so I think they could have... I th- I think they could have had the same impact of the horribleness of it by having Danny say that very speech just before. You know, yeah. she's going to Tyrion and John. She's like, or even just John. She's like, look, um, I might be a little ruthless today, yeah. But here's here's the future that we're going to build. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna build. I'm gonna wipe these people clean, so that we can build a peaceful world. I don't I don't yeah. want to stop at Westeros. I want to go to the entire I want to free everybody. Right. And 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 it's going to be for generations. Like I will be the first person to unite the the world and to get rid of all of the negative elements and then our children John will rule over a peaceful and our will save our children's um from We'll save our children from having to do what we need to do to right. set the stage for a peaceful world. Yeah. Like, if she would have said that beforehand, you would have, you would have been like, "Oh, that's why she's, you know, she's yeah. doing that because she thinks that this is actually going to be peaceful." Right. Like they they chose a path to make it look like it's because she was acting irrationally, which, but in the which, last episode, they made it sound like she was acting rational. I didn't think that. So a lot of that was a, that was the commentary was like, oh, the Mad Queen. Well, because but they showed her face like mm, she was angry. Uh, yeah, she was angry, but she wasn't. She wasn't. She didn't have a mental illness. No, 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 no. She no, was, like, I, I agree with like that. Like her father was schizophrenic or something. Like he heard voices yeah. and you know. No, I agree with that. I mean that. Um, to your point, it would have been better to if like pick a path. She's either calculatingly doing this or she's only flipping off the handle because she's no longer in control. Yeah, I don't think they portrayed 
that very well. Yeah. But my interpretation was she was both. She was yeah. both rageful and re- sure. and vengeful, and, and that's fair, and angry about Masande, about all the betrayal she's been through, about the bad reception right. from Westeros, about everything that had ever been done to the Targaryens, and she was also marrying that with her new mission of like ruthlessness is the way. So you're saying if she had had like AT and T, then maybe she would have had better reception. <laughs> and this could have been avoided. Um, so, do you remember, by the way, the uh, AT and T commercials with the like in the early '90s where they would show you all these things in the future? Like, have you ever thought that you could have a video conversation from your kitchen? Yeah. Have you, and then at the end, it's like, wasn't there also a Microsoft one like this too? Well, but these were the the AT and T ones because they would say it, it is it will happen, and the company that will bring it to you. Is AT and T? Yeah, and I'm like, what happened, AT and T? Well, they kind of did. They did bring us some of that, right? Well, through the uh, the ability for cell phones to communicate, but 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 also the internet initially was mainly over phone lines. Yeah, I mean, they didn't make the computers. Yeah, and they didn't make the devices. Well, but it's they just provided that, the lines of communication for the data. Right. It's just that at the time they had a huge research effort that used to be the the, right. the yeah. Bell yeah they, research they, lab. They thought they were going to be a Google. Yeah, but they were not. And yeah. of course, they're super powerful still and all that. But it was just interesting that yeah, that early '90s vision was. The company that's bringing you all this stuff is us. Right. And anyone back then would have predicted that. It's yeah. like, what's Google, you know? I actually wanted to work at AT&T. Oh, you did? Back in the, like when I was in high school, I was like, oh, I'd like to work at AT&T. My wife is in an AT&T commercial. What? And for years, she got a big fat check every year for being in half, literally half a second of a wow. of a of a massive like popular right because you AT- get residuals for yeah that's interesting so if you want to look it up it's it's an AT and T commercial probably seven years ago ten years ago and there's a couple a man and a woman and they're running in a field I think and I mm. think they're I think red is like if I remember right is like spreading out over the land I think it's like coverage of their AT and T cell service or something okay. And there's all these American scenes playing out with, you know, kids on a bike and blah, blah, blah. And then my wife, Stacy, is running in a field. Okay. And she turns around. And for that, for that tiny little turn. I feel like I remember this commercial. Yeah, it was, it was a national. I mean, to get, yeah. to get lots and lots of money. Um, it's you weird. Get, you... you get, when, when one of your, so any actor out there, they know this. Like, if you get in, you, if you get in a random commercial, and for whatever reason, they just decide that's the commercial they're going to play, you know, right. uh, thousands of times on, you know, you know, ABC right. or NBC. Then you just get this huge yeah. amount of money. It's like music, right? You the, they put your song on the opening credits of a show that it goes big. But to me, it's different <laughs> because you just happen to be the one that they chose to mm-hmm. do this random thing. And as a as a model or as an actor, you're like. Well, it's probably just another gig. I'll probably sure. get a small check out of it. And then some exec later down the line just says, that whole commercial is going to be what we're going to push. And everyone randomly associated with that just, sure. just gets this instant, you know. Um, so it's similar to music, yeah. but I, I think, because at least with so music, it's like, well, I worked hard on that song and yeah. I like that song. But, you know, my wife right. Stacy's like, 
I didn't work hard. That was like one of the just dumbest. Random shoot. I was just running. They told me run around in the field with this guy and act like we're Americans having fun or something at, during a sunset. All right. Well, it's late. Our brains are getting a little weird. My eyes hurt. My <laughs> eyes hurt too. Does your butt hurt? No, my butt is nice because you bought these nice comfy chairs now. <laughs> Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle in which we pissed off, I'm sure, 99% of people listening. Indeed. Please take care of yourself because... You deserve it. (laughs) 